Hello, Penny Podcasters. Welcome to the podcast that gets you all the coverage of information you need to know on health insurance in Pennsylvania. My name is Chachi Angelo. I am the Marketing Communications Manager here at Penny. And today we have a very exciting guest, Jessica Altman, the Commissioner of the Pennsylvania Department of Insurance and also a board director of Penny. Very excited to have Jessica Altman. She was appointed the Acting Insurance Commissioner in uh, August of 2017 and was unanimously confirmed in March of 2018. She, along with Governor Wolf, worked across party lines to pass House Bill 3, now Act 42, which created the state-based health insurance exchange and the reinsurance program. Commissioner Altman has driven down the Pennsylvania uninsured rate down to 5.5%, the lowest in state history. Uh, Prior to this, uh, she served as chief of staff for the Pennsylvania Insurance Department alongside former insurance commissioner Teresa Miller. In that position, Commissioner Altman oversaw policy initiatives for the agency and coordinated policy with other state government agencies and external groups. Commissioner, welcome to the Penny Podcast. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So um, we're going to start off with an icebreaker. This is what we're going to do with all of our interview guests. Uh, It's called the Penny Takeoff. It's just a quick list of this or that. So just respond as quickly as possible. It lets our listeners get to get to know you a little bit more. Great. Here we go. Exciting. Dog or cat? Uh, Cat, both, but I have a cat. Cake or pie? Cake. Pancake or waffle? Preferably both, but waffle. I should probably throw a third in there as French toast. (laughs) Would it still be waffle if I threw in French toast? It would definitely not be French toast. It would still be waffle. Yeah. Winter, summer, spring, or fall? Fall. (laughs) I I hate to say it, but that sounds pretty basic of you. We'll get into this later, but I grew up in California and we didn't really have fall. Oh. Um, The the trees didn't turn. Um, You know, we didn't have that season. So I've really, um, since returning uh, to the East Coast, have grown to love fall and have a special affinity for it. Well, I retract my basic statement then. (laughs) (laughs) Coffee or tea? Coffee. Movie or books? Movie. Ocean or pool? Ocean. Laundry or dishes? Husband. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, Laundry. Jogging or hiking? Hiking. Coke or Pepsi? Breakfast or dinner? Dinner. I don't. I don't eat breakfast. I know it's the best. It's the most important meal of the day, and I only have coffee. So, well, you just told me that you grew up in California. Uh, uh, what part of California? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I did. I grew up um, kind of in um, Silicon Valley, although um, it wasn't really Silicon Valley. Um, most of my childhood that, that sort of happened, uh, you know, toward the later end with the with the tech boom, but. I've really kind of been a bi-coastal person. I was born uh, in New Jersey. My parents um, are from uh, the Boston area. They actually met uh, in high school. I still have a, a lot of family on both coasts. And so um, perhaps that has fueled uh, my love of, of traveling um, and exploring, uh, you know, everywhere in the country. But I've also been lucky to, to travel a lot around the world. And um, one of my favorite things to do. Cool. And you, you said you're, you're married? I'm married. Um, just, uh, I just got married a little bit over two years ago um, to my husband, Jared. How did your husband propose? 
Um, so um, we we are uh, nerdy people, and we really like games and puzzles. And one of my favorite things in a non-COVID time is escape rooms. And um, if you ever need to know which are the best in the Harrisburg area, um, I'm happy to provide some some assessment. Um, but he actually worked with the escape room um, over in the Hershey area uh, to put the ring in the last box that you unlock um, as a part of the escape room. And we had some friends with us and I was so, I had no idea. And I literally opened um, the box and there was this ring box. And I was like, why is there a ring box? That doesn't go with the theme at all. And um, and I figured out what was going on and um, may have started shrieking, but we try not to remember that. Fantastic. Fantastic yeah. proposal. That is so good. <laughs> I'll tell him. He'll be he'll be thrilled. So how did you get started in healthcare? I don't know that I really had much of a choice um, in, in my family. So um, both of my grandfathers actually um, were, were physicians. My father's father was a primary care doctor. He still um, did house visits. Um, you know, even when, when I knew him and um, had his doctor's bag and his stethoscope that he would uh, take with him. And, and then my mother's father was um, an OBGYN, cared a lot about women's health. Um, and then both my parents, too. My, um, my parents actually worked together um, at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services uh, when, when they were younger. Um, my mom became a hospital administrator. My, my father is in um, the nonprofit world um, working on healthcare policy as well. And so um, you know, I think when you grow up in that family, it's hard to end up anywhere else. I actually knew, um, even as an undergrad, uh, really what I wanted to do to be in healthcare. I majored um, in a, something called policy analysis and management, basically public policy focusing on uh, healthcare policy and, and kind of um, got started really, really early having a passion that really grew up um, with conversations around the dinner table at home. So it was, it's basically the family business. Yeah, we, we take different <laughs> angles at it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not an MD, um, but, uh, but yeah, it is. Uh, healthcare is a bit of a family business, but don't tell, my, don't tell my brother. He is a professor of international security uh, with a specialty in nuclear nonproliferation strategies. So someone did give him the memo, but um, a lot of us are in healthcare, that's for sure. Both of It sounds like both of you are trying to keep us all as uh, safe as possible. So we appreciate that. We are. Yeah, it's true. I mean, my family really has a, a commitment um, to public service, but also to just doing what we can to, to make our world a better place. And I, I was really lucky to have that, um, you know, instilled, instilled in me from a, a very young age. So you provided the Penny staff and our stakeholders a really nice message at the start of open enrollment. Uh, kind of a little bit about the Penny origin story. Uh, so for those that are listening that didn't get that uh, message, could you kind of touch on some of those points, maybe elaborate on it a little bit more and and then, um, you know, explain kind of how we, we, we got to Penny from the actual, you know, concept in your mind? You know, the idea behind Penny, which is not only, you know, Let's create our own state-based marketplace that is built by Pennsylvanians for Pennsylvanians that has the buy-in of all the stakeholders that care about making making this work that puts um, the consumers first and tries to make something really complicated, simple, and reach the people that needs to be reached. I mean, that's a huge part of the vision, right? Um, but Pennsylvania's um, full vision is is unique. We're the only state 
um, to really have done this in that we, we put together uh, the creation of Penny, um, our own marketplace, uh, with also the adoption of a reinsurance program, um, which to, to summarize, it's a program that just makes premiums lower. Um, uh, it's the reason why uh, this year heading into to Penny's first year, uh, premiums for the individual marketplace went down um, on average rather, rather than going up. And so that holistic idea um, was really kind of built off of the desks and the brains um, of myself um, and uh, Alison Beam, who at the time was my chief of staff and is now uh, in our governor's office. We um, spent a lot of time, you know, talking to stakeholders, walking them through the idea and the numbers. But I think um, part of my message to the Penny team was, um, I know it was going to be, I always knew it was easier said than done, um, but an incredible amount of work and so many pieces had to come together in a very short amount of time to deliver um, on that vision um, and to do it on, on the timeline that we asked. Um, of the Penny team to do. And, and I'll be honest, this was in my message too. Um, people, some people thought we were crazy. I mean, they said, yeah, you can do that. There's no way you can do it that fast. There's no way government um, can, can do it that fast. And I believe that, that we could if we went in with the right expectations, the right attitudes, the right people um, who were willing to work incredibly hard. And um, the Penny team certainly does. Um, and, and the end of my message was just, uh, um, thanks for proving I'm not crazy uh, to the Penny team and, and for really making this vision a reality. And um, for me, it's a, bit, it's a bit surreal. I don't know that it's kind of totally caught up to me that this, this idea that we had, that we put our heart and soul um, into um, building out and bringing into fruition is here um, and, and really um, meeting and exceeding expectations. And it's just awesome. And um, I'm so grateful uh, to Zach Sherman, at the executive director of Penny and the the Penny team um, for, for um, all the work that made that happen. I brought this up with Zach during our podcast episode, and it, I think that um, the Penny team really took the direction of the board and you being the commissioner and you being the chairwoman of, of the board. We were just following along with the enthusiasm and the vision of the board and of Zach as much as we appreciate uh, the message at the start of OE and kind of the, the kudos of us, you know, kind of standing all of this up together, it really is a testament to the, the leadership, you know, it, it, it flows downhill. Yeah. It, I think there's going to be a lot of kind of trading, trading compliments back and forth because uh, the enthusiasm is the easy part and the, the work is the hard part, but um, uh, you know, the, the board, I will say, um, you know, to my fellow board members has been, an unbelievably collaborative and productive environment of bringing uh, the different perspectives from um, the insurers who offer products in the marketplace to the groups that um, represent and work with uh, consumers and help people navigate the, the complex healthcare system every day. Um, really, um, you know, I don't think we've taken a vote that isn't unanimous, and I think that's it's been incredible um, to see that that come together. So credit to all involved, which has been one of the cool things about Penny all along. I think the most uh, extraordinary thing about Penny and standing up a state-based exchange really goes back to the legislation. I mean, it's like a unicorn that both sides of the aisle agreed on something. It was unanimous there as well. You, you spoke a little bit earlier about, you know, showing the numbers, getting certain legislators to champion this idea. But how, how did you get Republicans and Democrats um, famously... Uh, do not agree on anything 
How did you get them to agree on this concept? You know, I think it can be, it, it is unfortunate um, that we're in a place in our country that uh, healthcare is so politicized, um, particularly when you get at the state level. Um, you can you can get below that level um, more so than you maybe you can at the federal level. And let's talk about what the idea that we we brought forward. You know, bring something back to the state, state control. Uh, run a program at a lower cost than it's currently being run and do it better and do it in a way that's more tailored um, to our residents and, and the constituents of, uh, you know, our members of the state house. Lower premiums for people. And by the way, we're not asking for any money uh, from the legislature. We're not going to cost the Commonwealth anything. We're just going to take dollars that are already flowing into our healthcare system and use them more efficiently. I think when you put that all together, um, and by the way, when you have every single stakeholder saying, yes, this is a good idea, um, and no one saying it's a bad idea, anyone can get behind that. Anyone can get behind doing things better and making things more affordable for people, right? And I think we were able to, first of all, come up with an idea that, that checked all of those boxes, which I will say is not the easiest thing to do as someone who um, does policy design a lot. Um, but we were also really lucky to find some early belie believers, um, Brian Cutler uh, and Frank Dermody, who, um, if you're not uh, you know, following Pennsylvania politics at the time, were the majority and minority leader uh, of the state house. Brian Cutler has become speaker of the house and then the chairs of our committees to, to recognize uh, the value of this idea um, for the bipartisan appeal of this idea and to, to be our champions and work with us uh, to get this done. And as you said, um, at the end of the day, um, you know, on final vote, uh, we had a unanimous support for this legislation, and um, it is a unicorn that, that I um, am very fond of. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Within this legislation, it stands up the state-based exchange, and then it also sets up the reinsurance program. Reinsurance program feels, you know, health insurance by itself is hard for a layman to just pick up, understand, and that's just simply like what is a copay and what is a deductible and what is a premium. Reinsurance, I feel like, is a 400-level class. So could you explain the reinsurance program for a layman and bonus points if you're able to relate it to food, movies, or sports? <laughs> yeah, so I worked really hard on this metaphor, okay. all right, yeah. for, for this. Um, it's going to be food. So... Um, let's say you're going to your favorite drive-thru, a great thing to do in COVID. You don't have to go in person. You're just in a drive-thru. Um, and, um, you know, you, you order a whole big meal for your family. You got, um, your, your drinks, your sodas for you, your juice for the kids. You got your burgers, you got your French fries, you got, um, whatever else you want. And, and you know that you're heading, um, into that drive-thru and, and you just bought this big meal for your family and it's going to cost you $30. But then there's this car in front of you, and the car in front of you is the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania pulls up to the window and says, you know what, I'm feeling generous today. I'd like to cover all of the, the drinks in the order behind me. And they take, they pay for your sodas, they pay for the juice for the kids, and when you get to the window, instead of paying $30, you only have to pay $25. That's basically what the reinsurance program is, right? So the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania looks at all of the, the claims that your insurance company would pay um, for, for the people um, that they have enrolled, 
um, and the Commonwealth says, we're going to take a, a part of those claims and we're going to pay for them instead. And because we're going to pay for them instead, you insurance company don't have to build the cost for those claims that we're going to pay for into the premiums and premiums are, are lower. So um, that, that was the best I could do. Um, I tried to get into like relay races or pinch hitters in baseball and I just couldn't get there with sports, but we got, I think I got there with food. What do you think? I think if you're relating the information to Americans, I think fast food was the way to go. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Let's talk about how COVID has impacted everything, but specifically how it's impacted health insurance in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, health insurance is more important than ever, obviously, um, because we are in the middle of a healthcare pandemic, your healthcare um, and your family's healthcare is, I think, top of mind for, for everyone in the country. Um, you know, when you're looking at the, the, the insurance plans, the comprehensive insurance plans that are sold through Penny, they provide robust coverage for, for COVID. They'll pay for your testing and you, at no cost to you. They'll pay for your treatment generally at no cost to you. This is coverage that is there for you in a time like this, right? And, and so I think there's that focus. Um, I'll highlight three things quickly that I think also really come to mind. The first is that, um, unfortunately, COVID has also caused economic unrest. That economic unrest has caused uh, uncertainty in employment. And we've seen, um, you know, too many Pennsylvanians who have lost um, their employment either for some time period or permanently uh, in the Commonwealth because of COVID. Um, And also, you know, because in this country, your health insurance is uh, more often than not tied to your employment. That means more people are losing health coverage in the midst of the pandemic uh, than, than at other times. Um, that really makes Penny all the more important. I mean, Penny fundamentally is where you go for health insurance if you don't have health insurance from somewhere else, right? And so I think the fact that this is the year, I'm sure I would have loved um, to have it uh, in the spring, particularly as um, many states have had their own exchanges, we're opening up uh, enrollment at, at a time it's normally not open, and the federal government that we were then relying on didn't. Um, you know, to have Penny launching this year, to be doing the work to reach the people this year, to be working with, you know, our Department of Labor and Industry so that we're connecting um, with employers who are laying off, unfortunately, large numbers of people this year is is so important. Um, two other things that I um, you know, want to mention the first is I think it's just shown us a lot about healthcare disparities um, in in our system, and uh, you know that uh, certain populations, uh, you know, racial minorities, African Americans, are disproportionately impacted by COVID nineteen. Um, but that's not unique. Um, we have known that these disparities exist in our healthcare system in many ways, in different outcomes, and and I think this has really uh, shown a light on, on that. Um, and then the other is. Uh, where and how we access care kind of changed overnight. Um, many people, including myself, don't are, aren't particularly keen um, to, to go to a doctor's office right now, um, although I have for necessary preventive care and, and vaccinations and things like that that everyone should be getting. Um, but telemedicine has really taken off um, and had to do that immediately. And, you know, insurers are covering telemedicine, providers very quickly to offer telemedicine when they weren't before. And I think there's a lot of discussion about you know, what goes really well with that transition? What do we need to keep into the future, even when we are past this pandemic? And one day we will really be past this pandemic. And, you know, what are areas where 
um, that's created vulnerabilities that, that we need to make sure we're getting people um, back in person to, to see their doctors. What brought you to Pennsylvania? I don't think I asked you that at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so um, I think you said what you um, gave, gave my bio at the beginning that, um, you know, when I first uh, came to Pennsylvania, I, I was chief of staff um, at the insurance department. And at the time I was chief of staff to uh, Teresa Miller, who uh, many people listening to this inevitably know, a wonderful Commonwealth leader. She currently, um, she had, she moved and is now still uh, Secretary of Human Services. Her team works very closely with Penny to make sure uh, that people are successfully transitioned between the medical assistance program and CHIP and, and their private insurance products. But um, I did not meet Teresa in Pennsylvania. Um, we worked together at um, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services uh, previously, and uh, she asked me to uh, come here and and work with her, and uh, and I did, and um, it's been a it's been a privilege ever since. What do you like about? Uh, do you live in Central PA? I'm I'm just assuming. I do. I live um, uh, just a few blocks from the Capitol, right um, in in Midtown Harrisburg. Where's your favorite place to uh, hit up for a a burger in in Central PA around Harrisburg? So I have a confession that I don't like to make publicly, but I have to make on this podcast because you asked me, which is I'm a vegetarian. Uh, I have been a vegetarian since I was about seven years old, um, so I don't even know what a hamburger tastes like. Oh. But I'm not a vegan, and I do love cheese, and cheese is my number one food group, and I do love a good veggie burger. Um, And uh, the best veggie burger in town um, is right down the street from me at the, uh, the Midtown Tavern. Uh, in Harrisburg, it's uh, our neighborhood spot. One of our one of our go tos. My wife is a vegetarian. I can't get behind the veggie burgers or the black bean burgers. The Beyond Meat is isn't that good either. I I've tried them all. I I want to be supportive. You <laughs> See, know, I don't do the Beyond Meat because here's the thing: if I wanted to eat meat, I would eat meat. Right. Um, and I don't want to eat meat, so I don't want to eat not meat that tastes and looks and feels like meat. <laughs> I, you know, so I do love a black, black bean burgers are my favorite. They're delicious. Uh, what is your favorite movie and why? All right. So I love cheesy sports movies. Um, okay. My husband will tell you through COVID, I've been like, I just need a cheerful, inspirational sports film. So we've watched a lot of them. And it's really hard for me to pick one of those because I love so many of them. Well, but we'll b- go list with off, um, yeah, Miracle. Yeah. List off whatever you'd like. Miracle, of course, is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Are you a sports fan? I'm a sport. I'm a big football fan. Um, I am a big uh, fantasy football uh, player with, with groups of friends. But yeah, football is my main, my main sport. And um, unfortunately, another thing that I don't like to admit, but I know you're going to ask me anyway, in central Pennsylvania, um, I, you know, I love my parents. I have the greatest parents in the world. My parents are from Boston. And I grew up as a New England Patriots fan and, and remain one today. But I recognize in Pennsylvania that there's some shame that I am required to feel uh, for that, especially if you're a Steelers fan. So I, I just, I recognize it. Now we know why Zach was hired. <laughs> Zach was hired because he's incredibly uh, talented and knows how to get things done. But also I did like that he was a Patriots fan. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't hurt him. It wasn't a it mark on the resume. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, understandable. If you could be a contestant on any show, any game show, what would it be? Okay, well, I don't know if it's a game show, but um, Amazing Race. Oh. Um, I actually, even with um, one of my one of my best friends, uh, thought about and talked about 
making a, a video once to, to try and get into Amazing Race. But as, as I said in the beginning, I love to travel. I love to travel um, all around the world to, to anywhere that I can. And so that one has certainly always appealed to me. I think that that is a great place to end because the Amazing Race is the perfect metaphor for what we did with Standing Up Penny. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's true. You don't know what you're gonna. Well, you you largely know what you're trying to do, but then you get you get instructions, and all of a sudden there's a new thing, and you gotta run across the world and figure out how to get it done. No, it's true. It's good. I like it. Jessica Altman, Commissioner of the Pennsylvania Insurance Department. Thank you so much for joining us on the Penny Podcast. It's been a real joy. No, thanks for having me, and um, thanks for for doing this podcast, and uh, thanks for all the work to make Penny become Penny. It's awesome. Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. What are you uh, What are you watching on Netflix? I feel like I need a new suggestion. Um. So what are So we just started. It's not on Netflix, um, but we just started watching uh, Atlanta. I'd say my favorite um, Netflix show is Ozark. Mm. Really good one. Yeah, Ozark was at, at the beginning of the uh, of the pandemic. Everyone was telling oh, me about. Is, I don't even normally like comedies, but I love Schitt's Creek. It's a great show. It was. That was another thing that got us through quarantine, too. Schitt's Creek. We haven't finished it, so keep it to yourself. Oh, We're I, savoring it. The end. We're in the last season. <laughs> I haven't uh, finished the last season either, so we're at the same spot. Okay, great. We have a beloved cat, and, and that's the family. Uh, the, that is the uh, quarantine uh, crew for COVID is my husband, uh, my cat, and myself. What, what's the cat's name? Her name is Ruth. Ruth. How did you come up with Ruth? Uh, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is her full name, actually. <laughs> She's very independent. Believes in women's rights.